I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 155 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I have got one question for you here. Will you accept this rose? I have got an exclusive Bachelor Tells All two-episode event kicking off an exciting week of First Class Fatherhood. The Bachelor has its season finale today and tomorrow. It's a two-day event, so in honor of that, I have got two Bachelors, former contestants of the series, joining me here this week to start it off. I know many of you dads have wives out there that love both The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. You might sit there on the couch next to them making wisecracks about it, but deep down inside, you're harboring a serious curiosity and trying to handicap the winner of the contest. Whether you like the shows or not, they have been doing something right because they are in their 23rd season of The Bachelor. Today's guest was the last man standing on the very first season of The Bachelorette. Ryan Sutter was Trista's choice, and the two of them were married shortly after. Ryan is now a first-class father, so the final rose blossomed into a beautiful family, and Ryan will be here with me in just a minute, so please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow, our Bachelor tribute continues with a guy who was already a first-class father before appearing on the show. Jason Mesnick was a runner-up on season four of The Bachelorette, and he eventually became The Bachelor himself who had some controversy by choosing one girl and then marrying another, but more on that tomorrow when we have him featured on the show here, so lock it into First Class Fatherhood. Wednesday on the podcast, entrepreneur Tyler Jack Harris will be here with me. He is a fairly new father who went from the unemployment line to multi-millionaire in less than three and a half years. You have got to hear his amazing transformation story on Wednesday, so please join me for that. Thursday is going to be a lot of fun as well. Fellow fatherhood podcaster and author Larry Hagner, who hosts the Dad Edge podcast, will be joining me here. And I have got a fresh Frogman Friday episode to finish the week off strong. This week, we're going to have former Navy SEAL Brandon Cruz. He's going to be our featured Frogman of the week. So what a way. We're going to start it off with a bachelor, end it with a Frogman. So we're kicking it around to all fatherhoods from all aspects of life here. Please help me spread the message about the podcast Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump right into the action right now with former contestant on the very first Bachelorette, Ryan Sutter. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He was featured in the first-ever season of The Bachelorette, where he was the last man standing and captured the heart of The Bachelorette, Trista Wren. He is a former firefighter and former fifth-round pick of the Buffalo Bills in the 1998 NFL Draft. It is a great pleasure for me to say, Ryan Sutter, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks, Alec. I appreciate it. All right, here we go. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I have two kids. Uh, My son, Maxwell, is 11, and my daughter, Blakesley, is 9, but she'll be 10 in uh, about a month. Very cool. One of each. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? Max is full on into hockey. 
Uh, we we're just about to wrap up the season there. I think, what is it, two, a week and a half or so, and then we'll have our, our last tournament and be done with that. Um, I've been actually coaching this year, so that's been a super fun experience for the two of us. And then Blakesley is into uh, lacrosse and dancing. Awesome. Okay, please, Ryan, take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, well, um, I guess long story short, the the, mo- the more likely reason why anyone would know who I am is because I was the the pick of Trista, Trista Wren at the time on the very first Bachelorette. So I was the, I guess you would call the winner of the very first Bachelorette. Um, I met Trista. We were married shortly after that experience. I have been married now for 15 years and have the two kids that I just mentioned. Um, for 17 years, I worked um, in Vail, Colorado as a firefighter. I retired there in June and am working for a custom builder in, in Vail now, um, trying to learn a new craft and and kind of put some definition to the next half of my life. So I guess that's kind of that's kind of the short story. Yeah, what an amazing way to meet your wife, fall in love. That had to be a wild experience. How did fatherhood come into the picture and kind of uh, change your perspective on life? Uh, well, I think I think you sort of answered your own question like having children just completely changes your perspective on life you go from you go from more of i guess a a self-centered life and not not necessarily in a bad way but you know the the focus of your life when you're um single or when you're you don't have kids is is generally yourself and then you have these kids who you're responsible for um developing into into people and that that changes everything. I mean, I know you know it changed everything from um, the amount of sleep you get to the kind of food you eat to the way that you go on hikes. You know, we, it was no longer about getting to the top of the mountain. It was sort of simply about just getting as far as you could and enjoying the experience and trying to um, create these valuable moments with your your kids. And uh, you, you know, you start to really appreciate. You know, one you you sort of go back and appreciate your own parents for all the stuff that they did to create, create, you know, the people that we've all become. And then you appreciate, you know, life a little bit differently when you start to look at it through the eyes of, of your kids. So, um, you know, really the, the entire perspective of, of adulthood changed when Tristan and I had our, really when we first had Max and then it just, you know, amplified a little bit more when we had Blakesley. Very well said. All right, my wife is a big fan of both The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. One thing that seems challenging to me about both of those contests is that normally when you're dating a woman, maybe you have some type of doubts that the woman is seeing other people or hooking up with other guys. But on The Bachelor, Bachelorette, this is sort of the purpose of the show, uh, you know, to sample all the fish in the pool. So what are some of the challenges of that? How did you handle all that um, natural jealousy that comes along with uh, competing with so many guys for the same woman? Um yeah, I would say I handled, I didn't handle it well. <laughs> um, and, and the weird part was um, not not necessarily during the actual process. So while the show is being filmed and you're you're actively seeing Trista and you're hanging out with the guys and you're sort of um, you're sort of just engrossed in the experience. It, it didn't really bother me. I knew I mean I knew she was going out on these dates with other guys and it didn't bother me at all. When it started to bother me was when the show actually was aired on television and you actually saw her with the other guys and you saw, you know, the relationships that she was developing with the other guys and, you know, everything that was going on on those dates and all that sort of stuff. And then, then you kind of like, wait, 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 
wait a minute, like you didn't tell me that you, you thought this way about him or that you had these feelings about him. And, you know, all this stuff just starts, starts to resurface things that you'd kind of sort of put to bed because at, at, at that time, Tristan and I were engaged and we were moving forward with, you know, planning the rest of our lives together. And then t- it all just takes this kind of weird turn when you start to relive your courtship that, that, like you said, happened in a really unconventional way. So there were um, lots of hard conversations and, you know, t- to Trista's credit, we just were, um, you know, super candid with each other and open and, and, and got through it. Thank goodness. And, um, but, but yeah, it was, it was definitely not easy. Yes, I would imagine. And everything was so new at the time. It was the first season of The Bachelorette. I mean, The Bachelor was still fairly new. So this whole idea of putting people on a reality TV show with the end result expected to be an engagement. I mean, how did your parents and family members react to you telling them that you were going to participate in this type of production where the end result was an engagement? You know, I think it was also new. They weren't, I don't think that anyone, including myself, really knew how to react to it nobody was especially skeptical of it uh you know they were more just you know there was just so much unknown about the whole thing that they kind of went with it and until the very end um like I said when they started airing the episodes and I started to um you know continually get chosen and you know stay on the show I think my mom especially felt um I think she was hurt to some degree by the fact that I didn't tell her how it turned out prior to her finding out like, you know, with millions of other people, you know, she's, she's my mom. And in in hindsight, I would have done that differently. You know, the, the production company, they, they put sort of the fear of God in you about, you know, revealing the answer. And, and so you're really scared about telling anyone, even though you want to. Um, But I wish I would have told, I wish I would have told my parents prior to them, seeing it on television because I, you know, I, I, that, that's a regret that I have throughout the whole process because my mom was visibly upset by the fact that her, you know, firstborn child was engaged to be married and she had no idea. Yeah, I can definitely respect that, Ron. And I'm sure that most moms out there would have been a little bit disappointed with that whole situation. But how about as far as you guys finally having a child and then having him splashed on the cover of magazines? I know I've seen the U.S. Weekly cover that he was featured on. I mean, were you proud to have him on those covers or did it give you a little bit of trepidation being, you know, so exposed into the public eye? I mean, it's one thing to have the attention on you and Trista, but when it comes to children, that may be a bit much. Uh, How how was that whole experience? Uh, You know, I think, Right from the get-go, um, once the once the show started airing and people, you know, we became sort of recognizable um, as people. And then, uh, you know, when it was over as a couple, it, it was it was it was hard. I had to take a lengthy break from the fire department because people were, um, you know, not harassing me, but you know, pulling fire alarms in in condominium buildings just to have the fire truck show because they were hoping that I would show up with it and things of that nature that were just disruptive to wow. people's safety in life. And so it was a huge, you know, you're all, you suddenly you're on good morning America and you're going to the American music awards and you're doing all this sort of crazy stuff. And you're right. Like, especially Trista was all over the cover of um, lots of different magazines. And, um, you know, once we had Max because he was our, you know, he, I think he was the first child to come out of that whole, um, bachelor experience there was 
some attention around that. And by that point, we were we were pretty used to it, and we weren't really concerned about overexposure. You know, we lived at Vail at the, in the time, and so we weren't we weren't constantly badgered by paparazzi, or we didn't we didn't have this sort of Hollywood lifestyle. So it wasn't something that was, um, you know, a, a lot of we weren't we weren't considering the ramifications of all of that. I suppose at the time, and, and thank goodness, I think the world was a little bit different place, and a little, you know, we, we weren't, we didn't have safety concerns of, and things of that nature, so we were fine with it. You know, I think it's kind of cool to have those covers of those magazines tucked away in a closet that we can bring out when our kids get married and sort of show them they were, and they're 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 starting to begin to understand um, how they're how how Tristan and I met and why people stop us on the street to take pictures and that sort of stuff. It's, it's become an accepted um, normal part of life for them and for us. But it is strange, especially, you know, when I did go back to work and we would, you know, cause at the fire service, we would go to the grocery store and get food to make for dinners and stuff. And when you're, when you're sitting in line at the grocery store with the guys and, and also uh, there's a picture of you on the, the cover of some magazine in the checkout lane. It's there is some there's it is interest it's an interesting experience, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something we don't all come across at the checkout line for sure. It's another one of those things we don't even consider happening, uh, you know, when we watch stuff like this. Okay, it is that time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Ryan Sutter. I'm Alec Lace and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Seat Geek. Taking your kids to the ball game is one of the greatest experiences in all of fatherhood. And now, First Class Fatherhood has partnered with SeatGeek, and you could save $20 off your next ticket purchase by using the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Maybe you want to go to a Broadway show, a concert. SeatGeek has the best prices for a wide variety of events. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. Get over to www.seatgeek.com and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS to get $20 off your next ticket purchase. SeatGeek.com. And talking about your kids beginning to understand a little bit about how you guys met, what is a good age for them, or, or what would you, what age would you be comfortable with them watching the season or the episode in which uh, you two guys met for the first time? I don't think I'll ever be comfortable. See, you know, I'm sure that they will eventually watch it, and I know actually that um, the Bachelor is planning to to release all of those initial episodes in an online format that everyone will be able to access coming up shortly. So. They will have access to it, and I'm sure they'll have, be curious about it and, and want to watch it. I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with them watching it. I mean, it's a, it's a different – I don't think it's a time in your life that your kids are meant to see. You know, I mean, there's a reason why people don't record their whole life at that time of at that time of their life so that they can – they don't save that for their kids to say, oh, here, you know, here's, here's the first time your mom and I, like, made out on a couch. You know, like, this is not – no, no kids want to see that and no parents want their kids to see that. I wouldn't think it's just not a comfortable situation. I mean, it's hard to watch a, it's hard to watch like a romantic movie with your parents, you know, I, let alone if your parents were actually in the romantic movie. So, you know, I, I'll never be comfortable with it with, with the, with the wedding. I think that will be, I, I will, I'll relish the opportunity to sit down and watch the wedding with them because there's, great grandparents and grandparents and people that no longer exist in life that they'll be able to sort of 
see and maybe get to know a little bit. And, and that was a really fun experience for Tristan and I, and the focus was just on us and our future and there were no other guys involved with it. And, and so that, that will be a, a much more enjoyable experience, but I don't, I don't look forward to the day that the kids finally sit down and watch. I, I don't anticipate my son will, will actually want to, but I know that Lakesley, our daughter, will be curious and probably want to check it out. I would imagine she would. I mean, I don't blame you for not really wanting them to see it. That's another one of these things we don't think about or consider when we're watching shows like this. I mean, the human or emotional side effects to all of it. But, I mean, I would imagine that it's great to have a wedding video shot from so many different angles and pieced together like a documentary. I mean, it's it's beautiful and a great keepsake for the future generations of your family to have that. Yeah, I mean, that wedding was um, was just such a dream come true for Trista, and it was everything that she wanted to be, and we were able to have all of our friends and family there, and they were, you know, all in some way, shape, or form are are um, present on the in the video. So you're right that that will be that's it's just like a it's just a really really good you know wedding video. Like everybody has, or a lot of people have a wedding video. It's just ours is is really well produced, and so that's uh that's an asset that I think we'll always cherish. Very cool. And speaking about watching shows and streaming content, right now the technology is a struggle for many of us dads out here. How do you kind of handle screen time, video games, and all that stuff with your kids? Uh, well, uh, fortunately, we live you know, we live in you know just outside of Vail, Colorado, so we live in a really active community, and our kids are participants in that same kind of um, culture. So, we, you know, we ski and we camp and we hike and we we do a lot of outdoor activities that just um, eliminate the availability of technology because you're just not in a place where it works. And so there's, there's that part of it. And then we have pretty strict rules of, about especially weekly use, uh, Monday through Friday use during school year, especially when it comes to um, when they can use their iPads or, or phones or whatever they have at the, at the time. And then, um, you know, we, we, we try not to uh, – we don't prohibit it. You know, I mean, it's, it's a part of life and we want them to understand, you know, the benefits and the um, detriment of it. And we want them to, to share their experiences online with us and not be, feel like they have to hide it. I think if you try to restrict it too much, then, then they feel like they have to hide it. And then they're always hiding everything from you. And we, you know, we try to have open as open a relationship with our kids as possible. And at the age that they're at now, it's, it's not difficult. As they sort of get into their teenage years, I think it will probably become more difficult to to curb that, and we'll have to be a little bit more careful of it. But we have had um, some some scary moments where we've overlooked, you know, some security issues with with um, social medias and you know YouTube and that kind of stuff. And our kids have seen things that we would have preferred them not to have seen, and we learn those lessons just like every other parent and try to add security and keep track of things. And we're, you know, Trista is especially good about, you know, looking at their iPads and seeing who, you know, who their um, chats are with and making sure that it's just their friends and their schoolmates and their teachers and the people that are, um, that they're supposed to be talking to and that they're not, you know, abusing those privileges. And, but it's a tricky world. I mean, it's something that you and I didn't have to deal with when we were kids and our parents didn't have to deal with, with us growing up and so it's a hard those are they're hard waters to navigate and we're just kind of trying to do the best we can to stay informed and and make good decisions along the way 
Yeah, I hear you on that. Our oldest is about to be a teenager, so we're right in the thick of it ourselves. Uh, since your kids are always in that Colorado environment, do they have a, a favorite vacation spot? Do they enjoy going to the beach when they get the chance? You, you hit the nail on the head. My daughter especially loves the beach. And Max, too. Like they, both of our kids are, 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 well, especially Blakely. She loves being in the water. She loves diving, you know, snorkeling. Um, we did these, these sort of half snorkeling, half scuba program called Snuba, ironically, and where you can kind of stay underwater for a long time with a scuba respirator. And they both just, they love all that kind of stuff. So anything associated with the beach, the ocean, um, fish, they can't get enough of. And it's, you know, especially I think living in the mountains, uh, you know, they're, I don't know that they necessarily even appreciate the fact that that they get to live in the mountains because it's all they know. So for them visiting, even we, we took them to New York city a couple of years ago and they were just, it was actually their, it's funny. Their favorite memory of that was seeing a giant rat on the subway because they just don't see rats and they don't see the subway. And they just, the, the, the city experience that, you know, that so many people are used to is so foreign to them living in this little small rural mountain communities that, they even they even love those types of vacations. So um, I think they underappreciate the fact that they get to live in, you know, the, the Rocky Mountains. But it, it definitely gives them a strong appreciation for vacations to the beach and to the city and, you know, anywhere else we get to we are fortunate enough to go. Yeah, I can hear you on that as well, Ryan, because for almost 20 years I worked in a railroad yard in the shadow of the World Trade Center, and seeing the skyline of New York City every day, we're kind of just immune to it, yet people come from all over the world just to see it and take pictures, and, uh, you know, the beauty and the wonder of it all, we kind of just take for granted. I guess we should pay a little bit more attention of it, but, you know, it's just a normal backdrop for us. Yeah, you're exactly right. All right, you've had quite the journey here so far. What kind of goals do you have for the future? Do you have any other productions uh, in the making? Are you working on anything right now that's coming up? No, nothing special. You know, I think I'm in this this sort of midlife portion of of life, and you know, I've yeah, you know, I had this this fire career that lasted for a long time, and the experiences that went with that, and I'm I'm now in the process of trying to create this second half of my life that you know somehow lives up to the first half. I'm not you know anxious to get back into the public eye i think that was kind of a one-time deal for me but i have enjoyed i have enjoyed the experiences that has afforded as far as meeting people and you know in this is an example of that you know getting to talk to you and um you know you you meet lots of new people and have these sort of fun even if they're just short-term 15-minute conversation experiences of that nature that i i i start to enjoy more and I'm, i'm trying to seek more of those types of opportunities just to see kind of what what life, what the potential of life, you know, what what potential life holds for me, you know, moving into the second half of it. So I, I haven't defined really conclusively what I want to do with the rest of it. I'm just sort of experimenting around and trying to enjoy, you know, the, the position that I'm in now and the age that my kids are and the, you know, my wife and friends and, and develop new and exciting experiences. So I, I wish I had a little more conclusive information or a little bit more of a definition or a defined um, path to, to share with you, but I really don't. It's kind of a an adventure at this point. Okay, good stuff. All right, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Ryan, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? <laughs> That's a good question, actually. Um, 
You know, I think uh, I think fatherhood is is such a unique and uh, it, 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 well unique experience. I think there's nothing that I've come across in life that you can actually that actually um, exemplifies more of that whole you have to actually live it to understand it philosophy. You know, because people will always tell you, well, you know, I'm sure you 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 tell you get a chance to talk to a lot of expecting fathers and. You can tell them how great it is and how life-changing it is and how much it will change your perspective on life. But until you actually are in it and experiencing it, you, you never really fully grasp what that means. And I think that's super exciting to me. There's There are very few opportunities in life that um, can't be explained with words or with pictures or um, in some other form of communication. And this is one of them. Becoming a parent is one of those things where Unless you are, unless you are a parent, you just can't understand um, how great it is. And 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 so that's kind of what I would say is, uh, you know, don't try to figure it all out at once, and don't try to understand it. Just enjoy it. You know, everybody everybody's going through it. Everybody's done it. And there's no there's no rule book. There's no you know we talked about social media and all this sort of stuff. But right from the get go, you're you're confronted with questions of, you know what diapers to get and how do you feed your kids and you know what do you do the first time they have a runny nose and like there's all this stuff that you just don't have answers to but you just have to embrace it as this really wonderful opportunity to to create a person and it's it's it's, it's just yeah i i don't really have the words for it but it's it's an experience that i i hope um people really relish because it, it's important Very well said. I love the message. You are a first-class father, and I have to say, Ryan Sutter, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first-class fatherhood. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Thanks for your patience with me, too. Okay, I'm back to close things out in just one second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Ryan Sutter for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in. Our Bachelor tribute continues tomorrow with a man who was the runner-up on The Bachelorette and then became The Bachelor himself. He was also a First Class Father through it all, so it's going to be great to listen to his perspective of it. So, Please subscribe to the podcast and do not keep it a secret. Let every father that's in your contact list or in your neighborhood know about the show here. That's all I got for you guys today. Tune in tomorrow. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feelings.